It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about the big news out of Ottawa with the power-sharing deal here between Jagmeet Singh and Justin Trudeau. So here is Trudeau uh, this morning announcing this deal. Uh, Three years. The NDP will prop up the Trudeau government here for three years until 2025. Now, here's an interesting exchange in the news conference this morning. A reporter asked Trudeau, does he plan to run again after that in the next election? Here's what Trudeau had to say. Uh, Prime Minister, by the time this deal expires in 2025, you will have been in office for almost 10 years. Uh, Are you committed to staying on and running another election campaign in that year, or do you imagine a leadership race within your party? As I've said a number of times, I'm planning on continuing to serve Canadians uh, through and beyond the next election. Okay. okay. Well, what else is he going to (laughs) say? I mean, kind of a pointless question. Yeah, no. but it, but you know, do you think where do you think this deal leaves Trudeau? You think he's he's happy? He's, he's oh still yeah, no. three years in power. I would disagree with you. I wouldn't call this a power sharing deal. This uh, the Liberals have all the power. They're the cabinet. This is not a coalition. We've been through this. We've seen this movie in BC before. There is there's, the NDP is basically uh, ag- agreed to prop up the government formally, the written agreement. Not that they were ever going to bring the government down anyways. I mean, the NDP was never going to bring down Trudeau. But what they've been able to do is extract a couple of promises from the Liberals uh, in in writing with not a lot of details on two key issues, pharmacare and a national dental plan. Right. And there are some details on the dental plan in the agreement, um, which is interesting. It's going to be means-tested. It's uh, for families who have income below $90,000 a year. So there is some detail there that wasn't there before. So I think it's basically, I hate to use the phrase win-win, but uh, Trudeau gets certainty, uh, even though it was, I think, fairly, uh, in real politic terms, fairly certain the NDP is never going to bring him down. And the NDP has been able to extract a couple of key policy points. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say it's power-sharing to the extent that he's extracted some commitments from for the support. Liberal government for stuff that Jagmeet Singh wants. There's also details in the agreement about regular meetings yeah. that Trudeau and Singh will meet regularly to talk about what's going on. No surprises clause. They have to consult with each other. Very similar to the deal that was struck between John Horgan and Andrew Weaver. Eerily similar. Very similar. And that w- <laughs> that one was a four-year deal to keep Horgan in power. It fell apart after three years when the NDP basically double-crossed the Green Party, yeah, walked away the from plug. it. And Trudeau can do that. I mean, there's, not, do th- there's nothing that stops uh, the Trudeau government from uh, pulling the plug on this thing after two years or whenever yeah. they want. If they see a political advantageous uh, point in time to call an election, they can still do that. But this does give Trudeau some uh, some uh, clear highway to travel for until June 2025. Okay, let's listen to federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh here on this precise point. What happens if Trudeau reneges on the deal somehow? Here's what Singh had to say about that. If they fall short uh, on what we've agreed to, then then the, the deal doesn't continue. Uh, that's why we've got this deal in front of us. If they don't deliver on what we have fought for, if they don't deliver on what Canadians need right now, then they have not held up their side of the bargain. Okay, what does Singh get out of this? Doesn't he just look subservient to Trudeau here now? Yeah, and that's that's the risk. A, a, the sort of the junior partner always yeah. runs here. Uh, he's it's not a coalition, so he's not in the cabinet room, which bring yeah. would bring the NDP even closer to the, to the federal Liberals. But Trudeau has been encroaching on the NDP's turf for years. He's pushed the Liberals to the left. He's he's stolen some of the NDP policy ideas. 
Now he's going to take ownership of a national pharmacare and dental plan, a national dental plan, which are two key uh, policy planks for the NDP. And now the Liberals will own those two planks. Although Singh will try to take credit for it. He'll try to take they credit. forced him to do it. But when the, when, when the money's coming from one party and not the other in terms of uh, your coverage being covered by a federal government, I think most people will attach their support to the, the party that's actually delivering the program. So it's a risk the NDP runs here. But at the end of the day, they were never going to bring the, the party down anyways, never going to bring the government down anyways, and now they've ensured that at least a couple of their policy planks are going to be in the federal uh, government program. Okay, the conservatives fit to be tied oh, here. Yeah. They are spitting mad over this deal. Let's Backdoor listen. socialism Oh, for yeah, is exactly. what they're calling it. Candace Bergen here, the interim leader of the conservative party, leader of the opposition in the House of Commons. Listen to how she describes this deal. Now, let me be clear. This is nothing more than a Justin Trudeau power grab. He is desperately clinging to power. His number one goal, as we have seen over the course of the last six years, is always to do what's best for him. Okay, and also she is warning that this is a bad deal for Canadians, especially Western Canada, the oil and gas sector. Have a listen to what she had to say about that. Now, make no mistake, the NDP are in charge. What does this mean? Well, it means the decimation of Canadian oil and gas and LNG which we now more, we know this more than ever, that means that that is really a, a way to prop up Putin and Russia. Okay, okay well, the, uh, there's well, nothing in the agreement about oil and gas no, that I saw. But. No, and the NDP's not in charge. They're going to discover very quickly that the Trudeau government is in charge. This is we discovered in B.C. The Greens were not an equal party, equal partner to the NDP. If you're the only party in the cabinet room, you're in charge of the government. The junior party is not in control. Now, it's going to have some influence. It's going to have some uh, some influence on some policies, make no question. Um, the part of this plan, as well as to strengthen climate change uh, policies, there's going to be some impact, undoubtedly, on the oil and gas sector. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's to the degree that Ms. Bergen's suggesting. Okay. Is this a, you know, I often look back at the precedent in, in British Columbia and those negotiations between John Horgan and Andrew Weaver. And I thought Weaver got played like a fiddle in that one. I I thought he got suckered. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had Horgan right where he wanted him, and he could have just drilled him to the wall and said, I'm not signing this deal unless you cancel the Site C Dam, for example, which was one of his his number one issues. And then he let Horgan get away with it, and they're building the dam anyway. Do you think Singh... Like, I wonder if Singh looked closely at that deal and maybe struck a smarter deal, because I think Weaver got suckered. I wonder if Singh got suckered here, too. Well, it remains to be seen. Again, this is a signed agreement. It's not enshrined in law. It's not a piece of legislation. It's a it's a agreement that is subject to interpretation. So there are a couple of uh, sections on there about a national dental plan and working towards a national pharmacare plan. But there's no timeline. There's no details on the pharmacare plan. So again, uh, Singh has extracted some commitments on paper, but not. You know, this is there's not a lot of teeth necessarily in this. So it remains to be seen how much commitment the Liberals have to some of the principles outlined in this agreement. Some people are saying that Singh kind of broke his word on this and doing this deal, getting into bed with Trudeau here. But, I mean, if you go back to what Singh said the day after the last election, first of all, he ruled out a coalition. As you pointed out, this is not a formal coalition. Now, he was asked specifically, though, would you do a confidence and supply agreement of the type that he just signed? Didn't deny it. He said, I don't want to do that. I don't intend to do that. But then he didn't rule it out. Didn't rule it out. I think that was always on the table. I think I saw some report, heard some report today that these negotiations have been on and off again for a number of years. This didn't happen overnight. Um, But nevertheless, it has surprised people that we've got to this point. Okay, here's 
is Pierre Poiliev. Now, uh, this is the, uh, the fire-breathing finance critic for the federal conservatives, widely regarded as the front-runner to become the next leader of the conservative party. Here's his take on this deal. Obviously, uh, they have agreed to um, a radical and extreme agenda to expand the power of government by taking away the freedoms of the people to increase uh, spending uh, and taxes and inflation on the backs of the people or just inflation as I've described it. Okay, it was a bad sound quality because he was in a moving vehicle there. He's on the road campaigning for the Conservative I'm not sure how this tarnishes the freedoms of Canadians in a confidence supply agreement, but well, Poliev is, uh, you know, he, he's now got a, a, an enemy to attack here, but it's a double-edged uh, enemy. You've got two heads to go after, not just uh, Justin Trudeau, but Justin Singh as well. And it has him stuck in opposition for three years. And I think right. that's why he sounded almost subdued there, even though, as you say, yeah. he's in a moving uh, vehicle. Uh, the reality is there's, there's no election around the corner unless the no. liberals want one. He's stuck in opposition. Whoever the leaders of, of the conservatives are stuck in opposition until June 2025. That's the thankless task. Now, he did go on to say that he plans to somehow bring the government down anyway, despite this deal. He says that we will work to bring over disgruntled liberals and new Democrats well, good luck on that. to vote against the government That's not in, a, happen. in a confidence motion, which, I mean, if you just do the math on this, I mean, the the combined liberal NDP vote count in the House of Commons right now as a result of this deal, by my count, by my math here, is 184, which is like a 14-seat majority. So you would have to bring over a lot of disgruntled people. It's uh, not going to happen. It's talking through his hat. You're not going to see a single New Democrat ever get in bed with the likes of Pierre Poliev, who's the most right-wing politician in the House of Commons. There might be some disgruntled liberals, but I don't think they're going to join Poliev. Okay. All right, welcome back. Talking about the deal between Justin Trudeau and Jugmeet Singh, the NDP will support the governing Liberals until 2025. Lots of calls. Wayne in Richmond. Hi, Wayne. What do you think? Well, uh, Mike, I think it says a lot about Jugmeet Singh. I mean, Trudeau's found guilty of ethics violations three times, uh, one of which in another country's legal jurisdiction would have been uh, attempt to pervert the course of justice, according to Miss Wilson-Raybould. Uh, he's groped women, and yet this is the partner Singh wants to dance with. I think it says a lot about Singh and a lot about the NDP. What other what options did he have, though, Jagmeet Singh? Well, uh, you know, if you want to taste the power, then you pay the price. And so, you know, you wear it. Just, uh, Jasmine Singh could have been like the Bloc Quebecois, could have been like the Conservatives, could have even been like Jack Layton, right? No deals. Mm. You okay, know, well, we were die ju- in power. And Thanks especially for the call. somebody who's well, violated ethics so many times. Thanks for the call. Well, there's no deal, but there always is really a deal. If you're a minority government, you need the support of another party to, to function. And the reality is the Liberals have had the support of the NDP for a number of years. This simply formalizes uh, in writing what has really been happening on a vote-by-vote basis. It just gives the NDP a little bit more of a promise to, for the Liberals to deliver on a couple of key policy areas. But does this, like we were just talking off air about whether this potentially threatens Singh's leadership in the NDP, though? Well, I mean, he's already, he didn't really run a great campaign. Like They lost seats in the last election. Yeah, I mean, any political leader who loses elections faces yeah. that test. I mean, we saw Carol James in B.C. ousted because yeah. after two election losses. Yeah. Uh, no no sign yet that's going to happen with, uh, with Singh. But Singh does run the risk of alienating some uh, NDPers who want nothing to do with the Liberal government. I mean, yeah. that is a that is a risk he's taking here. Yeah. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi, good morning, guys. 
Uh, you know, Mike, you mentioned what does it give Mr. Singh? You know what it gives him? It gives mm-hmm. him till 25, and I feel he's, I feel the man is looking out for his own self-interest, that he has had two terrible elections, losing seats. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. He, he's a lost cause. I'm sorry. He's looking out to be leader simply for his own interest till 2025. Oh, that, that's, a good, that's a good point. It does deliver him uh, his seat in Parliament for another three years. Yeah, again, as the caller points out, he's lost two elections. I don't put those election losses around his neck. I just think, as I mentioned earlier, the Liberals have encroached on the NDP turf, and they're 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 wooing the voters that would normally support uh, the NDP, no matter who the leader is. And that's that's the challenge the Democrats have is they're getting they're getting sort of um, absorbed by this amorphous blob called the Federal Liberal Party. Chris in Surrey, hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hi, uh, good morning. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know how we're going to be able to afford this deal. Um, universal dental and pharmacare will have a huge cost that's going to increase year over year. This will likely be rolled into more debt and taxes. And I, I honestly, I don't think the general public has a solid understanding of how rising debt servicing costs will affect Canadians. It's especially as interest rates rise. I just don't see how we're going to well, pay for all this. Well, I think that's a good point. The dental deal, it won't be universal dental no, care. No, uh, it means tested. Uh, income, I believe, family income below 90000 And it would start with 12-year-old kids, yep. and then it would expand up to 18-year-olds, and then seniors, people with, the dis- expensive one, with disabilities. The expensive plan will be the Pharmacare, Pharmacare plan. Pharmacare could Pharm- be... That's a, now, that's a universal pr- plan they're talking well, about. Well, and this is where, again, this has been in the works for a number of years. The provinces deliver Pharmacare, and it remains to be seen what type of program federally would function that's different than the provincial program. The federal... the Provinces have been looking for aid and money when it comes to health care, a, a big increase in health care spending from the federal government. The federal government, it used to be a 50-50 proposition. Now it's about 22% from the feds. The uh, provinces are looking for more, and a lot of that will come through pharmacare. But the, the caller, I think, raises a good point about the cost of these programs. I mean, even if you have a means-tested dental care program, if it's a national program, it's still going to cost huge and a national pharmacare program, man, you talk about drug costs as an exploding part of health care. I mean, that's going to be massively expensive. Nothing will be as expensive as the aid programs that have occurred during the pandemic. People forget that. The debt has risen more uh, during the pandemic than it would ever increase through pharmacare. Pharmacare, is just, pharmacare would just be adding on uh, what's comparatively a small sum. Let's go to Terry on the line in New West. Hi, Terry. Go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, politicians, I don't trust any of them, to be honest. Um, so I do, do vote NDP. I'm kind of disappointed in what's going on here. Um, you know, actually having a formal coalition with Trudeau is just not acceptable, but I live in the Westminster and votes NDP. But mm-hmm. i got a problem, too, with Candace Bergen. She's a politician, so she's talking about, I guess it's her job, she's talking about the lack, lack of ethics here, but... You know, she would probably do this exactly the same thing as she was in the same position, so I don't think she's so high and mighty, right? Okay, Terry, thank you for the call. 30 so, again, it's uh, not a coalition. It's, it's just a, it's a, a confidence supply agreement, which is different than a coalition. Coalition puts the other party in the cabinet room. That's not happening. At the end of the day, Justin Trudeau is still the prime minister. His cabinet's calling the shots, not the NDP. The NDP extracted on paper a couple of uh, some commitments. It remains to be seen how they're interpreted.